it turns out if you write crap in the title, we do quite well. Uh... I know, <laughs> who'd have thought it, eh? That's all we needed to do. We should have just done that yeah. from day one. By the way, I thought I'd share with, like, cause, because we can't do the whole sock game thing in the office. I got given some great socks for my birthday. Okay, the first one has oh. got coffee machines on. No, not coffee um, machines, cafetiers on. The, the next one has got bread. Being a celiac, I'm not sure about that one. But uh. <laughs> Isn't that a bit like, what's celiac version of racist? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, and uh, this one's got cereal on it, which again... Yeah, uh, wheat-based. Wheat-based, <laughs> so not, not good for me. But I thought they were very colourful, and uh, thank you, Happy Sock Company, and, uh, and my wife for that one. So there we go. Oh, that's a great present. It's easier for a shark to yank you off your surfboard if you've got longer hair, is that? Is that a... Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, <laughs> just trailing in the water. <laughs> well, you can use it for climbing, it might come in useful, you can use it as extra anchor points now. Yeah, also. yeah, yeah, or if I need to, like, fashion a rope out of yeah. something. <laughs> uh, we, we, yeah, yeah, maybe don't do that one. <laughs> Episode insert number... <laughs> Maybe we'll make this one ten minutes. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, just follow your competitors. (laughs) (laughs) The end. (laughs) Eight seconds. All right. Five, four, Four, three, three, two, one. We were not in sync then. I don't think we'll be doing any. Moon launches, <laughs> space I think my days of uh, applying to NASA are, are gone. Hello and welcome to E-commerce Matters, brought to you by Black Curve. We help e-commerce businesses make pricing decisions. Today's title is: I've launched an online business. Now what? Hey Rob, you alright? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. very good. I was I was straight into thinking now what what do I do? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now what? So, so I thought I thought it would be good to uh, to launch an outdoor business. Do you reckon? How, how do you fancy going into business with me? Um, we certainly know the market. Uh, so they do say go where your passions lie. <laughs> I won't I won't pan left on my uh, on my webcam because. Uh, yeah, I could probably start an outdoor shop with uh, with a lot of the equipment that uh, <laughs> that I have. But then I certainly would need to use our uh, our how to price in us in a supply uh, poor poor economy because because I only have one of everything. So that's maybe 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 I I have to have skyrocket prices for that. Yeah, stock management rather than pricing issues. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, but enough about my buying habits. It always seems to be uh, seems to be my buying habits, doesn't it? Um, so you know, we are you know full disclosure to the listeners. You know, we we very much come from a pricing angle, right? So so Rob, I'm, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you uh, what e-commerce platform should I use? What uh, what technology should I use to to manage my payment uh, payment gateway? That's uh, don't worry. Although I hope you have quizzed up on that. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> you read enough around the topic anyway, so so I'm sure we could have a good uh, a good discussion about that. But really, I thought it would be good to have uh, a session today on maybe companies that that have used the opportunity in the lockdown phase to launch their e-commerce business, maybe use the lockdown to to give their online business more focus, or maybe 
those businesses that, that okay are, are doing well but but want to kind of get to the next the next stage if you will and are and are, are maybe sometimes perhaps on the smaller end from a from an online business perspective you know i've 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 bought my technology, I'm up and running, I'm on Shopify, Magento, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, I'll stop naming e-commerce platforms. <laughs> uh, they all end in commerce. And um, and, and I've, I've installed that, I'm getting some traffic, you know, I, I've, I've, I've might have spent some money on marketing, I'm winning orders. Okay, now what do I do? I need to price my products, where do I start or where do I go from here? discuss yeah. that's the yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah, generally yeah. A, a university yeah. question wow. discuss <laughs> that felt a bit like an essay really um that's a really interesting one so let's let's wind that back a little bit because i think the context is super useful in that we are we are in a period where the the buzzwords a lot of the podcasts or news i read around retail is digital transformation or or just going digital as really post-COVID and during COVID, people have rushed to be, have an online presence. Um, and this kind of really has nicely coincided with the, the rise of these kind of shopping ecosystems, whether it's Shopify or Big Commerce or whoever, where it really is like you can spin up a shop in 10 minutes. It's, it's kind of crazy how well that problem has been solved. Um, and you see this in the rise of I don't know if, how much YouTube you watch, but the amount of people advertising to me how I can sell products on Amazon or whatever and, and make a million pounds overnight is kind of unreal. Um, so let's say that, that that is you. You've you've watched your YouTube video and you've built out your ecosystem and actually you've won some orders, which is, I mean, we know from starting a business, but generating any revenue from a standing start is actually very impressive. So... So have your gin and tonic, have your celebration, because that yeah, should yeah, yeah. be uh, should be celebrated. And then, and then, I guess where we've ended up actually is is where we kind of excel, which is the optimization of business processes rather than the zero point problem, if, if that makes sense. Um, so you've got a number of issues really, and the the major one is okay. I've got some stock; it's either in someone else's warehouse or in my shed. Um. And I've got a marketplace to put it in. I've got a website. Um, how much do I charge for it? Uh, and that is kind of the key question. That standing start problem is actually harder than you might think um, in the sense that you've, at that point, you don't really know anything about the market at all. Right, you might have sold one or two things, but like, what's more likely actually is that you've decided that you want to, you've spotted a gap in the market, you've built your infrastructure, and you're about to turn the site live. What price do you put on it? Um, that that's the key question for me. I mean, what I might say at this point is, don't worry, because actually, you you look at the behemoths out there of the. In, in the e-commerce and retail world and you sort of think well surely from a pricing perspective they've all got it right now and because they because they've got tons of data to make their decisions mm -hmm. on but actually more often than not although their sales volumes are very high on 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 individual products 
sometimes they haven't they themselves haven't changed the price very often okay mm-hmm. so therefore they're still on this journey almost at the same point of view that that they have obviously beaten the march in terms of launching their business a lot before you investing in all the other areas to make yourself a successful company but they're still actually asking this same fundamental question what's the right price point for this product and they might not have the historical data just because they've been trading for a long time i i would also say that actually as if if we if we take an example of you spinning a business up today um your infrastructure will make it much easier for you to to change prices a, a, a lot of the reason why this doesn't happen is because of oh, like creaky business processes so uh if it's a brick and click every price change may mean that um every every item in the shop everywhere in the country or in a region has to then be repriced right like um it's a very different paradigm to someone running a pure play e-com store so you can actually through automation of pricing and through automation of data and insights and the rest of it you can get a real competitive edge over some of these bigger stores um yeah i think if you can invest at this stage in in technology to enable you to do more with less to a certain extent Mm -hmm. and that will help you really rapidly accelerate the growth of your business and one of the reasons why you'll see some of the big names failing now and some of the other names doing well is because those that have invested in technology at a core and that's at every every stage of their business okay it's not Mm -hmm. just in not just their online websites, every touch point yep. they've invested yeah, in technology, yeah, yeah, yeah. they they are doing well. Now, you know, we've we ourselves have talked about from a pricing perspective, you know, a, a, you're searching for market efficiency uh, because you've invested in pricing automation. You're prodding the bear. You're you're asking the question. You're asking the market a question. You're getting a response, and that in itself, if you've invested in that, then we've our, our research shows that the more pricing decisions you make. You know, out of it, you're generally doing better than than your counterparts, right? Um, to Nick, my uh, one of my old career counselors, uh, recent <laughs> recent posts that that he did at a previous company uh, that I worked with at Accenture. You know, he used the term digital dawdlers. Okay, mm-hmm. now again, the one that that just sort of you know their their studies is very much at big big retailers, right? And that might not be your aspirations to get there. It might be. But the ones that are doing better are not digital dawdlers. The ones that are doing better are digital, I don't know, mavericks maybe, or you know, I don't know if that's the right the right way to describe it. Well, certainly digital first, yeah, or digital forward. And I think it, it's it's been a really, it's, a, it's an interesting point to touch on because it's the correct digital as well. Because um, I was listening to something where they were talking about how the stores have been spent the last, five years investing in touch right everything has to be tactile you have to be able to pick up and look at it and that is not coming back for a little while i mean post-covid so there's a huge amount so there's always this balancing act between do i how much do i invest in, and when um I, and i i think actually i i'm a unsurprisingly quite a big fan of process automation um so of which i see price management as part of that 
um, because it fundamentally is quite low risk in that regard. Like the ceiling is high if you tune it, and we'll talk about that a bit later in the podcast, I guess. But like, just by automating a simple pricing process that keeps you up with the market, you just save yourself a load of time. And so if it's you running your outdoor store, and you're running roughly within the rules or limits that you want to. You don't have to worry about that now, and you can focus on your digital marketing or finding new products or doing something strategic rather than. I know you like Excel spreadsheets, but <laughs> no comment. Excel. Um, so it, it's not for me. It's really not just a question of just being digital. It's a question of like what digital, and I think that's going to be the real interesting fallout, certainly for people like us out of this kind of transition period that we find ourselves in is like what what is critical uh e-commerce tooling and, and or retail tooling and what isn't yeah and obviously it all comes with a different price tag associated to it right you know if you're just starting out you, you know you're not going to go in and spend a few hundred thousand on a on a pricing well you might do it depends how deep your pockets are right um but but there are tons of tools out there you know, ours included that start, you know, at a very obtainable level monetary and then you work up as you as you grow and as you mature, you can take on more features and and you can and you can go from there. Um, so I certainly feel that that the automation, it, it, it's it's making sure you're making decisions for the right the right purpose. Right. I mean, from a from a pricing perspective, there's many reasons that people go and install a go and say, right, I want to get a pricing tool to help me. Okay. Right. Fundamentally, you hope it's because actually, you know, you want to, you want to have the right price points, you're maximizing margin, but actually often than not, it's one of the initial reasons people are exploring using pricing technology is this saving time aspect. Yeah, right? sure. And if, if you're a one, one man band, five man band, 10 man band, that's critical for you to save time. You've got to maximize bang for buck. And, you know, I mean, our pricing technology typically saves two to three days per week of pricing management. You know, if you've got five products, you're not going to be, I mean, you might be spending that amount of time analyzing it. But if you've got 500, 1,000 products, to do it justice, to do your pricing operation justice, you've got to spend, especially if you're doing it manually, you're going to, you should be spending all your time on it. Whereas then if you're using a, using a solution to help you, that's when it drops the amount of days that you need to uh to spend on quote unquote maybe some of the grunt work associated to pricing decisions and then that frees you up to do some of the more strategic stuff mm -hmm. yeah i think the um it, it kind of tees us up quite nicely for the actual for the, for the question really is like what 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 do i do now and i think what we're both saying is that if if you're a if you're a smaller business um taking on some kind of pricing automation technology it is a really good idea, right? Just just to free your time up. Um, so, the, so the next question kind of is like, what do you do with it? Where does one get one from? What do I need for it, right? Um, so the simplest answer is that say you've joined one of these, you're using Shopify, you're using BigCommerce, Magento, whoever. Um, there are, there are ecosystems there, right, where you, you have app stores like you do on your phone. It's part of the great thing that I think Shopify in particular have done, but also BigCommerce are doing very well as well, is like building out these 
these kind of ecosystems along with their storefronts so that you get the tooling to support it. Um, so I'd say the first thing you do is you go to one of these app stores and have a look around. Um, and it's, it really is terrifyingly easy to get up and running. Um, again, we're saying people don't have much time, but you can do it with a, a click of a button, really, like simple, like downloading an app on your phone. Um, but this is so, so, so really what you need to spend your time thinking is, okay, what's my business logic? What do I want to do? Right? Say you're doing, let's say you're doing market entry, which is what we're talking about. You've got 10,000 tents or however many, 100 tents or whatever. I thought we agreed I only had one tent to sell. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> it seems a bit, okay, you're going to be at the lower end of the price optimization mark. But <laughs> um, say you've got a few tents to sell. And you really don't know what price to put it back. So the, the best thing to do to think about how would how would you approach it as a human problem, right? Google it. Um, go on Google Shopping, find out what people are selling them for. Look at the kind of brands you think are similar to you. Um, and that's important because if you're starting out, you're not going to have the the kind of... Um, brand loyalty that someone like I don't know, Taunton Leisure or um, someone who's got an established presence, yeah, right? Like AO.com or actually we're sticking on theme because yeah, we're, we're sticking on theme. I see what you did there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah, like Cotswolds Outdoors or there we go. someone uh, yeah, like yeah, that. Ellis yeah, yeah. uh, Brigham or something, right? Yeah. And um, so that, that, will, that should impact your pricing decision in, in some regard. Um, the other thing you've got to do is make sure that you're comparing the right tent to the right tent. And you do that naturally as a human, quite straightforwardly, but you don't want to price a regatta coat against an Alteryx one, right? Or, uh, for, for example, because there's a there's a premium attached to one of those. Um, and so th this very human process is how you'd manage 10, 20, 100 products, right, to start out. Um, and actually... There's quite a lot of software out there, ours included, that will just initially automate that process for you. Uh, it will just find a like for like match, match your products to it, set the price. And if you're just starting off, really, that's probably where you want to start, right? In terms of, because you don't really know the market enough, you don't know the data enough, and there's probably more pressing problems such as supply, ad advertising, tuning your ad spend. Um, so for what, 100 quid a month-ish, 200 quid a month, depending on quality, quantity, and all the rest of it, you can get a pretty nice pricing solution that will just tick away in the background, make sure you make the uh, amount of money you want to make and make sure you track your competitors, right? And that's kind of where I'd say Philips Outdoor Shop should start off. Now, there is one thing I'm I just going to jump in with that is important because we see a lot of new market entrants really messing this up make sure you calculate your cost price properly right <laughs> it's really really important you've turned into um, the to the war poster we need yeah, you yeah, now yeah, so yeah, you're clearly very passionate about this data, data. <laughs> uh, but it's seriously because it actually it promotes a really really toxic behavior in a marketplace um that, uh, that we've seen uh, i'm not going to go into examples because i don't think it's fair to, to kind of draw those marketplaces out but if you get um easy entrance marketplaces through 
drop shipping, with people experimenting with that kind of technology, they often think revenue and profit are the same. You're making money, that's great. Um, so you get people selling below cost or not factoring uh, or not calculating full cost, including, uh, I don't know, tax, shipping, blah, 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 blah. Um, and that really can hammer your profitability. So the two things are, um, it's really back to what we spoke about in the competitor data episode, really, is it's the core of a lot of what we do at Black Curve. Because pricing is so sensitive to data, you have to really make sure that your data is good. Yeah, you can't you can't make minimum margin calculations and put safeguards in place if you don't have your cost data or or if you haven't validated your your cost data. And I think when you you know when you're coming from a maybe a spreadsheet world, that first initial setup do spend that time doing that data hygiene. Uh, and then also, if as your business grows, instill data hygiene inside your inside your organisation as you bring on bring on more individuals. And that's not just not just a pricing. Uh, no, no, that, that uh, that's is, uh... that's that's in any 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 part of your business, right? Um, so so are we are we calling my business Philip Outdoors Business? Is that is that what Philip's Outdoor World? Is that what we've gone for? You can call it. It's your business, mate. You can call it what you want. Oh, but you know, I'm not very good at naming oh, things. I, I, I even had to ask big, my wife to name the company name. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got it. It's Big Phil's Outdoor Emporium. Big Phil's. Okay. Right. I, I, I should. I should. I should. Uh, I have to stop the exercise in the lockdown. I think, can't I? And eat, eat some more. <laughs> or increase it. <laughs> that is true that is true i need to get robert dexter's uh exactly. crossfit <laughs> regime in, in place so um for those of you who don't know that's our, our our head of software engineering all i'm saying is uh, he's a very gentle person but do not challenge him to any press up pull up competition or anything related in that ilk because you will lose so <laughs> unless of course you are a, a crossfit champion which most of us are not so <laughs> Uh, anyway, we've gone off in a different different direction, so let, let's 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 bring it back. So, so is stage one from a from a pricing perspective? Am I right in thinking it's about getting before you do anything? It's about getting visibility of of the yeah. marketplace. Yeah. It's, it's about working out what competitors I have. Uh, you know what kind of products they're selling. What price points are they selling at? And that, that actually tells you a lot about the market. It tells you, you know, before you've even gone and made any pricing decisions, before you've even gone down that, that route, it actually tells you a lot. Now, is there anything that, that people should be aware of in terms of where they should look to get competitive data from? Because, you know, there's many different avenues, right? Um, you know, they could go and go down the path of, I, I want to I scrape I want a bespoke scrape of, if we stick with the theme, Cotswolds Outdoors, Ellis Brigham, I want you to go to their websites and I want you to pull their prices and scrape them. Or you could go to Google Marketplace or another marketplace, yep. Shop Google Shopping. So you're, you know me, I'm a, I'm a product guy at heart, so I'm all about user journeys. But like, <laughs> where are your customers coming from? What's your, like the only, the only data that is relevant to you is the data your customers see. Right, it's really that simple. It, you could have someone who you think a competitor is a competitor selling for half your price, but if it never comes up on your customer user journey, it's not a it's not a competitor. Uh, so I, I just I often 
tend to recommend against bespoke scrapes unless you're in a there are certain industries where it's really important because there are a few key players um, and you need to be on top of them and then you're using that data not just for pricing but to get uh, strategic information on those players outside of it right um, but realistically if you're starting off well, where's your storefront if your storefront say you're plugged into Facebook now now it's come out also got announcing partnerships with Shopify and BigCommerce and the rest of it. Facebook, Amazon, Google, those seem like fairly sensible starting points, maybe eBay too. That's where you should be looking, right? I mean it's 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 not there's no rocket science in in some way to this. It's like where do you want your products to appear? Where are they going to appear? And that's where you should be gathering your your data from. Because also, especially if you're starting out, you know, other than your friends and family, uh, <laughs> you've probably bugged them for the last however many months or years about your business idea. You know, especially if you're starting out, people are not going to know your brand, are they? So, you know, from a, you know, okay, a personal, uh, you know, it's just, uh, without sort of one data point doesn't make the rule right. But, uh, but, you know, certainly when I'm looking for stuff in the outdoor sector, there are, there are three sites that I actually go directly to because I know them, I've, they've, they've built brand loyalty with me, I've signed up yeah. for the newsletter, they've done all the other bits and pieces. But then what do we do? You know, you go into Google or whatever search engine, you go into Google Shopping. And and that is where, especially when you're starting, people are going to find you. They're not going to find you on Big Phil's Outdoor Emporium dot com. They're not going to be searching for that, right? Okay, so yeah, yeah. I should quickly buy that domain, shouldn't I, and uh, and put it up there? Maybe you could sell your tent. <laughs> so someone uh, well, currently in the lockdown, uh, it's cheaper for me to stay in the Ritz uh, based on uh, based on how much I've spent on it. So, so I should probably uh, post lockdown. Hopefully, I've managed to bring the price per night down of uh, of the tent. <laughs> uh, so, so and also, I think you know, I'm uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of maximizing your you know uh, capital efficient. That's that's sort of one of the phrases that I use um, use in our business, and. It is expensive to do bespoke scrapes. It's not like crazy expensive, but you know, you're talking a few thousand pounds a month typically upwards. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can get marketplace data, you've already mentioned, you know, for a hundred quid a month or so, right? Yeah. And yeah, okay, fine, you can go away and do that yourself on a regular basis. But then you start to fall into which we which we touched upon in another podcast. It the result you get depends on what time of day you look, what search yeah. term you put in, whether you've got the search term in quotations or whether you're using a Boolean term or and, and, and. And you get into this minefield. Whereas, you know, companies that specialize in collection will know these nuances and can get a regular regular feel. And one of the terms which, um, which I'm, you know, I, I'm going to start using a lot more is what's the market price? Right. And although each time, you know, we go out and collect from Google Shopping, the price might be slightly different because depending on what IP address you come in or depending on what location or however it is, the more times you scrape, you build up a picture of what the market price is. OK. And so that's really what you're trying to do. I and mean, best all in the world, if you've got, you know, 500 products, 1000 products, you can't do that day in, day out. And also you can't do that for 100 quid. Okay, or, or 200 quid or 300 quid. So B2B 
visibility is 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 strong. Now, what do I do next? I, I, God, I don't know. What do you do next? Uh, <laughs> move to the Bahamas. Um, you sit back and no, watch I mean, the watch the money roll in. I think you. Um, first, say I can tell you've been talking to Richard. If you keep saying market price, <laughs> I don't know where that's come from. Um, the but that we can we can have a debate on that on another podcast because I have a slightly different view on that. In the um, but anyway, the um, the interesting thing. So you, you touched on at the start, right? It's about market visibility and improving your understanding of your market, and that's all to me. Sorry, I'm theoretical physicist by background. I'm super reductionist, but that's what pricing is. It's finding it, it finding the point that makes you i need a bell or something market efficient but like <laughs> <laughs> ding it, 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 and to do that you need knowledge of your marketplace right so if you don't so the question is what data do you have access to and initially you'll have your stock data because you have your supply chain i hope um maybe not in your case but maybe in most other people's and then um competitor data if you don't know where you're starting off from is uh is a very easy way to go right um and so that can start building this feedback loop that'll actually put you in roughly in the right place you should see an uptick in sales as your or at least some sales if you've hit the right market with the right product at the right time if there's no demand um and your prices are roughly the same as your competition then pricing is unlikely to be the demand factor at the inventory level um you're either going to invest in ad spend or you're stocking the wrong products or you're or there's a whole or you're not getting picked up by Google, which is always possible because because of the way they're kind of scraping sets up. Um so let's say you've gone off and solved all those problems, you now have a functioning business, right? You're scraping some competitors' data, you're using that to man you're just matching it, using that to manage the prices. Um happy days, right? And 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 actually, I think for a, for a lot of people we interact with, kind of further along, this this is kind of the stage they're at, right? In that they've they've got some competitor data, but they've probably found out through that process the pitfalls of that. In that you're kind of at the whim of your competitors. So if people have a discount, or people have to, oh God, at the minute if people have to liquidate and dump stock, are you going to follow them down into a price war, right? Um, and so these are the kind of things that you start to notice when you run a fully competitor matching strategy in that you're not actually listening to the market behavior. You're listening to your competitors' reaction to the market. And their reaction to the market is dependent on their business, which is likely very different to yours um, for a whole host of reasons. Right. Um, so the next thing to do is to start using those sales. Right to segment up up your inventory because okay you know roughly where you're at your prices are set at your competitors but there'll be some products that still aren't selling there'll be some products that are selling incredibly well and probably a lot just kind of roughly in the middle and you can start tweaking your pricing and using your pricing to really build your knowledge out of your landscape so. I'll give an example of that. In the, say I've got a product that I've stuck, I'm mid-market, right? 
I was just matching the competitor, matching the lowest competitor that I find for my scrape, and it's not selling at all. And I just think, oh, it's weird. Maybe I'll drop the price, and suddenly it rockets. Um, what you've either found there is a data point you're not capturing, which is highly possible, right? Or, um, or there's some other thing going on in a search optimization or ad optimization algorithm, and that tiny price change has kind of flicked it in and kicked you into. Um, and you wouldn't have found that just with fuel play competitor data because you wouldn't have known the directionality to move with. Conversely, if you've got things that are selling well and you notice your competitors are moving down, you can try holding position. And if your sales maintain, happy days, or you can either try pushing it because your demand in, for those products is, isn't price-driven. It's either it's, it's some other factor. Um, and so this is where this is a bit I really like about pricing, actually, and is that you can use all these data sources to find out why my why my I've taken over your store. Why, why your product? <laughs> it's now made. big Rob's outdoor emporium. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, medium Rob's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but why your products behave in the marketplace as they do, and that's the really cool thing, right? Because suddenly you know, okay, this is a super competitive price sensitive product. I have to track the competition with that. And I have to work out whether the margin direction, the margin on that is sustainable for that product or whether I need to stock it or whether I look for a replacement and all the rest of it. And without pricing, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that. You could have an inkling, but you wouldn't kind of know. And so that, that for me is like the, the second level of that is just kind of layering in these other data sources to fill in the demand curve, whether it's supply, whether it's, um, sales or whether it's ad, ad spend um, and that again you can get pretty much out the box quote unquote from someone like us at a slightly more premium price range but it get, it's still pretty easy it uses data sources that you have already in your store so that nothing here the, the only actual data source that you have to obtain that isn't from you is competitor data, stock, sales, uh, ad spend, web traffic, all of this is data sources you control. And that's the really, really nice thing about it because then you can curate the quality, you can make it really work for you. And this is where you get from, well, I'm going to mention the term pricing maturity, but I'm not going to use it because I'm <laughs> going to use a different different term. Um, this is, you know, if you're starting out, using competitor data to support you with pricing decisions is your lagging indicator. When you yeah. start to use the other data sets, you start, to, you start to move into the ability to being a price setter and a price leader in your market. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're starting out, that's obviously hard to do. But if you build these principles in early, you'll actually soon realize that a lot of your so-called bigger competitors might not be as mature in their pricing operation as you and you start yeah. doing well okay they're going to start looking at you and then you might be surprised that some of their decisions if they're you can very quickly work out whether they're following you or not or they're you know and then and yeah. then and then then you start well hang on a minute the uh what's it the karate kid uh the, 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 you become the 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 pupil becomes the master, right? That's that's what you're trying trying to achieve. And is there anything in between those two? Because I think, you know, 
I've I've been in the pricing sector for for a reasonable long time now, um, not as long as others, but but you know a num- number of years. And getting from pupil to master does take time. You can't underestimate that. You know you do need to collect some some amount of data to to build up your capabilities. If I just have competitor data, is there? How can I use it more effectively? Maybe if I'm just starting out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there you can. It's like you said; it's a lagging indicator. But you can decouple or decode is the right word. Actually, some of some of the the, the insights we're talking about from it. You can look at which products have the most, which price changes the most frequently. Right. Um, uh, the ones that don't are probably lower demand, but probably have more opportunity or more upside um, because people aren't looking at them as frequently. Uh, it, it, things like that you, you can look at when people are making price changes and kind of still a march on them if you want to Th- that that for me is actually the really telling one often because you see people it's once a quarter once every six months uh, especially for big players and that that is quite that is somewhere as a smaller business you can really hone in and target because you know that you've got a month to if you get ahead and steal a product off them uh, or or steal a like steal the buy box or steal a steal a position of them in a search ranking, that'll maintain for a month maybe. And uh, uh, advertising spend aside, I should say, but like, um, if so, say, but if your if your strategy is to say to be the cheapest on certain lines, right, or match the cheap. Then, then you can very easily get ahead of people, and they won't be adapting. So that kind of intelligence comes out of it. You can get demand from how often prices are being changed, but it is—it's not as good. It's not—it's kind of true to the marketplace, but not true to your business. And I think the uh, there is a subtlety in that, like using marketplace information, assumes that all operators in the marketplace are roughly the same, and they're really not. Like it's likely that say if you're going up against the John Lewis or something, their advertising spend will dwarf yours, right? So you don't want to get into a price war with something like that, and you don't want to get into an advertising war with something like that um, because it's a very easy way to lose a, an awful lot of money because they, they can go down because of the relationships they'll have and the levels of stock they're buying. They may have a lower cost price, which means that they can take a lower margin on a product. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's to... To come back to, you know, the, the well, the Warren Buffett type type phrase, pricing power is a critical component of a business. And if all you can do is compete on price, you know, you've got to question why you founded that business in the first place. Because as you've said, if you're starting out, there's people there that have deeper pockets than you and they mm-hmm. can just turn the screws and bleed you out. Okay, because they can afford to have a price war, and price wars don't benefit anybody. They don't, like no, you know, it it, no. it it warrants a whole they, different conversation, they doesn't might it? Benefit the consumer. Well, no, to a certain extent, it doesn't. It doesn't. No, I I challenge that because what happens? You know, businesses go out of business, they stop yeah, functioning. Yeah, yeah, you fair, have yeah. less choice, then you get into. Yeah. But sometimes you get into a monopoly situation. You know, I'm talking more doomsday. You know that 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 generally what happens is people realise they've been sick, silly. Insert rude words and you know, yeah, and, and it, it doesn't sort yeah. it out. But um, because the data show, data shows that, 
You know, there's only so many tents you can sell. There's only so many um, you know, walking poles you can sell, right? Um, so, so that, that, that's really interesting. So I think it's 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 critical that that when you're starting out, it might make sense then to to start collecting competitor data fairly early on, even potentially before you've before you fully push the button, because that will give you a sense of, well, hang on, what are people selling? You can actually then view, well, what am I going to sell? You can then work out what are the overlaps? Where do I have gaps? That, where do I sell stuff that they don't sell? And then that would mean that, okay, I don't have the pricing power on the products where they have the overlap, but I can actually make my own decisions on stuff that my competitors don't sell. I might buy differently. And this, uh, to, to just hone into the bespoke thing that you asked about earlier, this is a point where it may be worth doing a bespoke scrape, but not continually. Um, if you say you, you're you looking at inventory overlap, right? You're trying to spot opportunity. Um, if you go to, say, Cotswolds and Ellis Brigham and um, or whoever, take, pick three big people, see the overlap, in their inventory and segment that and see them up. You will have your cost price, right? So you won't be able, you can do this in a really, this is a really nice thing to do for a, for a business owner uh, is that because you have your supplier information, you can then work out what their margin is as well as what your margin is. And you can see what their high margin goods are, what the low margin goods are, where you can compete, where you don't want to compete. So before you've even bought any stock, right just from a supplier list and some competitor data just from the, those those two prices you can you can inc increase the efficiency of your business dramatically uh, because you don't you're not making a load of bets right you're you're tuning you're tuning the bets that you want to make i quite like that idea and and lastly, uh, unless we come up with any other topics, it generally happens. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, we say lastly, and then we're here for another thirty minutes. Um, what um, you know, you, you, you do a quick search, e-commerce pricing strategies, or or something like that, and hopefully up comes Black Curve, and uh, and you see you see things like pricing, psychological pricing, or you see things you know, like uh, rounding rounding rules or you'll see things like bundling, many different pricing strategies. If I'm starting out, should I worry about those? No. Um, what you should worry about really is being in range. Um, I'm not, I'll probably get beaten up by pricing professionals for saying this, but I'm a, this is probably my own bias, but Things like like nineteen ninety nine or five p or whatever is probably a sensible thing to do just for an elegance perspective. Uh, for me, it's more of a design and you uh, are user experience website thing um, rather than a you should do this because if it really depends what you're where you're selling right because um, I can't remember the statistics but if you're on Amazon you need that buy box because it's like 90% of the traffic goes through it. Like you just buy the top one, I do it myself. So you need to tie in, you, what you need to worry about is tying in your pricing strategy alongside your ad spend and the rest of it. So you're getting visibility. Um, I do not know whether rounding rules uh, help visibility in any way, 
shape or form, but they do look nice. Um, and there probably is a slight... You don't want to cause any friction or cognitive uh, disconnect in any sales process, so I expect the price to be fourteen ninety nine. I look at it; that's fine. If it's fourteen thirty two, I might think, why is that fourteen thirty two? I mean, there's certainly, you know, we could go into every single pricing strategy and look at the studies and what they're saying. I mean, there's certainly certainly consultants out there have done have done studies on what numbers look nicer and attract and attract more and you know the interesting thing is if it's rounded up you know, i'm talking from like 44 pounds to 49 pounds you know weirdly they've done studies i think the particular one i'm thinking of was on dresses and the 49 quid one sold more than 44 pounds right but i think if i if i hear you rightly what what we're saying is that yes it it is one of the one of the areas that you can look at but in terms of bang for buck and maximizing your time, don't stress about it. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. And also, it also it, it it depends on the market, as you mentioned. Like, you know, if you're buying electrical goods with lots of things, you know, you've set up an electrical goods online retailer with lots of small little widgety things. You know, people sort of expect it to be forty three p per unit, or you know, yeah, some yeah, weird yeah. weird number. Whereas if you're buying uh, well, probably yeah. If you're if you're buying an expensive raincoat, you know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna notice when it's 149 pounds versus 132 pound fifty. That that sort of starts to get a bit a bit odd, doesn't it? But then but then uh, but then it'd be interesting my, to see whether people my, buy more or less of it. Yeah, I think you nailed it. It's so market dependent that um, my view. It's like good digital marketing. A B test it. Find out what works for your marketplace. I mean. It, but that's it but that's it but if you if you if you if you invest in the data so if you're using your sales history for example this full loop so you've got your competitor data you know you know you've been you've overlaid your sales history to support you with that decision you'll know if 32 pound 50 does better than 49 quid say say i sell two equivalent walking poles uh the the real issue actually i think you need to put sorry turns up the something's just triggered we'd have one of those half hour actually the real the real danger with this uh with is price cannibalization i think rather than um psychological behavioral running rules or the rest of it i think a lot of what we see uh especially newer entrants to the marketplace who don't fully understand the product set which i think is fair i mean unless you've been trading for a long time with a lot of data, I'd say you probably don't fully understand it, at least in a data driven way. Uh, it's very easy to set a price for one product that um, I'm going to use Dyson Hoovers again. Right? <laughs> but, you but you then, forgot them last podcast. So, I, know, uh, I know, I know, but they're a really good one for this because there are quite a lot of similar models and you might make a price change and suddenly sales plummet in one and sales sales skyrocket in one but that's because people have stopped buying the other one they've they've started buying this one and, and that is that is a pricing behavior that it, it's much more important to be on top of i think rather than like the, the more psychological stuff in because that that is something that you you're not you might think you're making money through your pricing but you're not because you're actually taking away from from somewhere else um but I, I think with all of this, it, it really is it, about being a good digital player 
in general in the same way that you treat your advertising strategy or your your, your messaging and your marketing you should a b test you should listen to the marketplace like change your price see if see what the effect is and monitor your inventory holistically right does or at least at the category level so what does that mean for a category as a whole um oh well i've i've seen a big increase here but the category stayed stable so where's that what's happened okay i can see that actually sales on this one have plummeted and actually these are a competing product so it's it's that kind of um kind of middle level of analysis i think is quite interesting fantastic well i think we've covered a lot of ground uh <laughs> we're we're certainly to avoid this avoid this going on to onto another hour we, we started off doing these for 30 minutes and then we've suddenly gone to an hour and then maybe maybe we'll be two hour podcast next uh, so i think i think we'll, we'll wrap it up there thank you rob as ever uh for a thoughtful uh conversation on uh i've launched an online business now what um just to summarize really it's about getting bang for your buck and i think start out by think what what's, what's a market efficient company look like and from an e-commerce perspective investing in tech and investing in the right tech will help you get bang for buck and help you do more with less pricing technology can for example save you two three days per week so that's that's powerful and it doesn't cost the earth okay start small don't bite off more than you can chew you know okay fine Absolutely. We're not saying that bundling doesn't work. We're not saying that psychological pricing doesn't work. But these are strategic initiatives that do take some time to to wrangle and work out if they work for your business. So again, I'm going to say bang for buck, uh, in, get the foundations in place, invest in technology such as such as pricing automation that enables you to rapidly collect data from the market, get a feel for what the market is, and then can support you on that journey of when do I need to maintain parity with the market? And you know what? When do I not need to maintain parity with the market? And for those new businesses out there or those businesses who are going for a few years and are not the behemoths, don't worry because the behemoths out there are on the same journey as you. Uh, and a lot of them haven't actually still, they're still wrestling with that question of what should my price point be for this product, this product, this product every single day. Okay, so they got the same challenges as you. And, and hey ho, we're here to help you. So thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. This is e-commerce matters. We help e-commerce businesses make pricing decisions. Take care.